This is the John Oakley Show podcast. It is a great day for talk radio. Anthony Fury is weighing in. It's been a while since we've seen the Sun Papers National columnist, but here he is, the sound and the fury. How's Anthony holding uh, I've up? I've been here, John. It's been a while since I've seen you. Oh, it's me. Uh, I missed you. <laughs> all right, ships <laughs> passing in the night. Uh, one of us away at uh, any given time means we're not seeing each other. But nonetheless, uh, that all being said, you come at a most propitious time, my friend, I because... The waters are roiling around the Prime Minister, although uh, I guess, you know, he and his acolytes don't feel the same way. I want you to talk about this lab scam thing, the Ethics Commissioner's findings. Unpack it for us. What are the things that stand out to you about this? Well, the big and the most important thing that stands out, that this is no longer the political waters roiling. This is no longer Andrew Scheer saying, you got to step down, and Jagmeet Singh saying, we don't have confidence in you. Polls showing that support's gone down by this percent or that percent. This is... A quasi-judicial official who is enforced with bringing rulings with the Conflict of Interest Act. Now, there's some, there's some quibbling about did he break a law, did he not break a law. You Google the Conflict of Interest Act, what comes up is the laws page, laws.gc.ca or whatever it is. It's a law. It's not a criminal code law, but you better believe it's a law. So we've gone from talking about the politics, political messaging, can he turn a page? He turned a page. We weren't talking about it. And then a ruling came by finding that he violated these laws. So that really matters here. Now the RCMP, which has been, you know, partially asleep at the switch. And I want to say, John, people like Liberal Senator Colin Kenny, they've been saying for years, this operation, RCMP, too political. We got problems with it. We got to have a talk about how they deal with political issues. So finally, they've woken up. What, what, what? Oh, Dion's told us there's actually something fishy going on. All right, we'll poke a little further into this. So that's what they're doing now. We've crossed the realm of whatever you want to think. Liberal supporters can say there's nothing to see here, folks. We're in the legal terrain now. Well, that's the interesting thing because, I mean, the prime minister has sort of couched it and maybe uh, the people around him in doing damage control that this is, you know, uh, just a matter to be contested because it's a matter of perspective or perception. But it's a finding, as you say. It Absolutely. is a ruling. He's goading them on. It's 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 remarkable. Everything he says is so... And, John, I get in politics, well, you got to stick to your messaging. And so I, I get all of that 101 stuff, but the facts have changed. And that's what I find unbelievable. Two times now, we've been told that he's going to deliver an apology. One was, you know, several months ago, and then you got four, and he said, no apology here. And then yesterday, we were led to believe there'd be some sort of contrition, not a zip zilch and then he gets all the fine he doubles down i mean this is like the cock crows thrice i mean one more time i don't know what's going to happen here well all right uh we had elizabeth may on last hour she's asking for and i guess uh, andrew Shear, the conservatives as well uh the rcmp to criminally investigate would you support that yeah because when you read some of the sentences there and you take what Merodion found, which was that he found that there were repeated attempts to influence and pressure Jody Wilson-Raybould, and then you find what the Criminal Code Obstruction of Justice laws actually say. And they don't say one successfully did this. It says one willfully attempted by various means to do it. It's like murdering someone is a crime, but by the way, attempted murder is also a crime. So we've got that for obstruction of justice as well. Attempted is also a crime, and we certainly seem to be in that terrain. So do the overlap with his ruling, and then what the law's saying, you go, uh-oh, this doesn't look pretty. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm trying to find out what would resonate most with Canadians, because, I mean, for some, uh, it's much ado about nothing, or they're just right. not, you know, drilling down on it, processing the information. It some just... like it. Some liberal voters, the diehard ones, they like no more Mr. Nice Guy. They like that he's gotten tough and mean, and remember he said some snarky things to a First Nations protester. Some of them really like that it's taken a vicious tone, which I find interesting. <laughs> well, I know, but, you know, the underpinning of uh, a liberal democracy, small liberal, is the rule of law, and it's what distinguishes us from 
from a lot of these tin pot dictatorships. And if you've got a star chamber operating outside of that realm, uh, that should give us all pause, shouldn't it? And that's the number one problem here. I mean, you can kind of shrug this off, but what we have, we got two cases. In LavScam, we got the prime minister going, you know, I know you're prosecuting these guys. I know the head of the prosecution service. She says they're going ahead with it. The AG has read this Section 13 thing, said, okay, they're going ahead. And Section 13 is the document saying this is why. The public has not seen that yet. But uh, the, the AG's office, they did share that with the PMO. She said we're going ahead with this. Trudeau says, you know what? I don't know. They lobbied us. They wanted this new law. We gave them this new law. They've been donors. You know, he hasn't said this publicly, mm. but that's the, you know, that's the breadcrumbs, the paper trail. Yeah, let him off. Then you got the Mark Norman case where they say, you know what? I don't like the cut of this guy. I mean, I, I know we made Omar Khadr a rich guy and so forth, but Mark Norman, nah, no thanks. Lock him up. Sick him, boys, because the PMO and the PCO referred the RCMP to this. So you got two cases where the PM is saying, do or don't go after people legally because basically whether I like them or not. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that happens in those Eastern European states that people are always leaders, presidents, prime ministers are going on trial and, and, and so forth, you know, Latin American countries, some African nations. This is not a Canada thing. It's not a G8 thing. And now it is. Again, with Anthony Fury, uh, he's Sun Paper's national columnist on LavScam and the findings of the Ethics Commissioner. The Ethics Commissioner was rather damning as well uh, in saying, and, you know, a lot of people sort of uh, have glossed over this one, uh, he didn't get to do a complete drill down. I mean, as comprehensive as it seems, he said because he was being stonewalled. They wouldn't uh, give him, wouldn't respond to him, uh, wouldn't make witnesses available. They cited... uh, caucus confidentiality right. and all the rest of that. I mean, what signal does that give us? Because this guy was supposed to, and by the way, Jody Wilson-Raybould uh, was heard to say today in, um, I guess it was an interview that she did out in Vancouver, that she was, uh, she believed in doing politics differently. Right. And so, you know, when Justin Trudeau said that famously, I mean, this isn't doing things differently, This, or maybe it is, but in the other direction, uh, you know, telling his people to stand down and be non-compliant with the ethics commissioner, shouldn't that stink to high heaven? Well, absolutely. It's it's basically give people as little ammunition, as little fire as you can, which is what you do when you're going to political war on this thing, which shows they are doing that. It's not that they don't think there's anything here. I mean, they're holding back. Jerry Butts magically gets everything he needs for his defense and for his committee testimony. Everybody else, uh-uh. You're not getting the evidence. We're not. We're withholding as much as we can. It's interesting. And then you read this report, this 63-page report, and you find out Justin Trudeau, even more talking about Jody Wilson-Raybould, I got to say, you know, I made a mistake putting her in there after day one. She was trouble. She was no good and so forth. So undermining her entirely. And today and yesterday, the stuff Trudeau has been saying about Mario Dion is to undermine him and the importance of his office as well. So they're actually kind of going napalm on this if you actually look at all the different responses here and there. Well, you know, is that a calculated thing? Maybe they've got somebody in the war room that's telling them... uh this isn't going to lose you, or it may lose you some, but it may gain you or uh, firm up your base. Look, I was handed a sheaf of papers. This uh, My producer was saying, st- I stand with Trudeau is trending on Twitter. I stand with Trudeau. And, you know, chapter Yeah, but Trudeau, but put Trudeau, Trudeau must go to jail is also trending as well. So there's a, there's a fight going on there. There's a back and forth, oh, okay. you know, in the community. But the yeah, I stand with Trudeau. This is very interesting because uh, where they want the message to go is, it, it, what it originally was, was, oh, Trudeau may have done some improper things. We don't know, but he did to save jobs. And it's better than Andrew Scheer, that Doug Ford puppet friends with neo-Nazi guy. Don't let in Andrew Scheer. Now that we've learned that there's a ruling against him, we go, oh, okay, well, Justin Trudeau broke the law, but but we don't want Andrew Scheer in office because, you know, Andrew Scheer might break the law if he gets into office. I mean, mm. that's how kind of odd this has gotten. They're, they're afraid of a hypothetical, 
even though they've got a reality situation. I mean, we're going to see the response to everything we're going to hear now. Every Justin Trudeau slip-up is, yeah, well, Andrew Scheer knows neo-Nazis. That's going to be the response to everything. So it's kind of interesting. Well, you know, the litmus test for me, I was trying to project uh, and say if the shoe were on the other foot and the argument being made that just trying to protect Canadian jobs... Would I be willing to accept that? And then when I uh, stood back and I said, but, you know, this is really dangerous, this development that you can subvert, and I use that term advisedly, subvert the rule of law, uh, that's a real linchpin to a fragile democracy unraveling. You get a star chamber, the PMO, you know, unelected officials calling all the tunes. What the hell good would, a, you know, an attorney general be if they're being circumvented and, you know, you're setting the table with Beverly McLaughlin coming yeah. in there and, you know, former Supreme Court justices setting everything up for you to come in and rubber stamp, that to me is a pretty dire development. Uh, so the idea of protecting jobs kind of didn't mean as much in the grand scheme of things. Am I right? Well, you got Beverly McLaughlin doing stuff for the PMO. You got Frank Iacobucci doing stuff for SNC-Lavalin. You go, this is really worrisome. All these guys at the top after they leave coming back to do this sort of stuff. It's it's very troublesome. And look, the issue of protecting jobs. I mean, it's one thing. Let's take everyone's other favorite Quebec company, Bombardier. There's been nothing like this with Bombardier. It's just they ask for money, we give them money. So they're the perpetual welfare bum, and you can denounce that all you want. We haven't gone into this train. And, and, and you say the shoe is on the other foot. I've said back when Stephen Harper was in office, the worst thing about him, corporate welfare everywhere you go. Doug Ford, he's been in office for a year. Lots of corporate welfare, just like Kathleen Wynne did, even though he said he wouldn't do it. McCain Foods, all that kind of stuff. So I'm out here on the airwaves. I'm denouncing these guys for this, and that's not even illegal. They're, it's totally their prerogative, Stephen Harper and Doug Ford, to do that sort of stuff. I just think they're bad choices. Trudeau, not only is it a bad choice what he's doing, sort of, you know, playing corporate welfare here in this, but it's also in the sphere of criminality. We'll come back, and uh, as you say, whether or not this one is a dog that will hunt with an RCMP criminal investigation. By the way, Peter Kent's going to join us from the conservative ranks. Uh, he's written a letter to uh, one of those uh, who heads the standing committee. I guess it's Liberal Bob Zimmer. Uh, they want to follow up on this and convene a special meeting. He'll tell us what that's all about after the news at 5. Still with Anthony Fury, Sun Paper's national columnist. Uh, he had the occasion to speak to one of the protesters in Hong Kong. And uh, it's a chilling scenario, ominous uh, as it is with the Chinese marshalling troops uh, just across the border. We'll find out what's in store as far as that file is concerned next here on The Oakley Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. On a great day for talk radio, less than an hour, actually uh, about 40 minutes away from our panel and topics worthy of discussion. At a big panel today, uh, Peter Sherman, Stephen Holliday, the Deputy Mayor, Joe Mahavik, uh, former city councillor, you know, with the CNE kicking off tomorrow, 140th year. And some people have actually suggested, because it's only used for a couple of years, a couple of weeks of a year, uh, those grounds would be better monetized and maybe given over to... <laughs> Affordable housing and whatever other community project. Well, you know what? I thought with Holiday and Mahavik as part of the panel, we can broach that with them along with other topics worthy of discussion. But right now we've got Anthony Fury with a Sun Papers national columnist. And this is certainly uh, a topic of concern. Uh, maybe, you know, because it's another hemisphere away, a lot of people not really uh, digging into it. But what's going on with Hong Kong and mainland China has serious implications. How do you see it? This is the big weekend to watch, John. Yeah? This weekend. And, and here's why. I was speaking earlier today with Joshua Wong. He's one of the main leaders of the protest movements, and he's the secretary general, they call it, of this big youth group, big youth movement organization. And he says, we're getting 500,000 people out on this Sunday. That's his goal. Now, 500,000, not the biggest, because at the height of opposing this extradition bill, they got like a million or more than that out there. 
And he says their main things that they want is they want to be able to vote for who the ruling politician is. Right now, Carrie Lam, she was appointed Mm -hmm. by Beijing. So he says, we want to vote for this person. Okay. And we want this extradition law fully off the order paper because it's been suspended, but it can still be reanimated. So those two asks, and for people living in Canada, that does not seem like an unreasonable thing to ask. Here's why this weekend is the big one. This has been 10 weeks that's been going on. This will be week 11. China has amassed tanks, soldiers, and more at the border. Shenzhen, which is the, the city in mainland China right up near Hong Kong, they're amassing forces. This will be the first weekend of major protests where there is a major military presence just nearby. And the big worries, 30th anniversary of Tiananmen Square, we just talked about it a few months ago. You look at the documents, some of them have been released. The Politburo going, the weeks are going by. We're watching the students, 100,000, a few hundred thousand. We got to amass the tanks. Okay, it's still going. All right, we got to deal with this. So there are a lot of concerns. Mr. Wong himself, other people are saying, we don't know what's going to happen this weekend. So this is the one where we have a powder keg. Now, I obviously absolutely hope it doesn't go in that direction, and most people don't. But this is why I think the world needs to watch now more than ever. Well, yeah, and some people say, uh, you know, history may not exactly repeat itself. It was a different time at Tiananmen Square. Now you've got, of course, uh, it is Hong Kong and uh, social media and the world watching. I mean, they were more or less uh, being shut out the last time around. But there's already videos of, of, of guys bludgeoning people and like 10 to 1 uh, there's cops, you know, beating someone who's not sure. holding any weapons. So so that's already out there to see. And, and what have the repercussions been? I mean, I, I must say I, I don't at all have Trump derangement syndrome, as you know, but I've been really disappointed in the president on this because he could be a leading voice and sort of redirecting things here. I don't know if he feels like the sanctions are, are enough turn of the screw as it is, but uh, Trump's going to come down harder on this. Really? Or do you think he's just uh, trying to play this one tactically to get a trade deal and he doesn't want to, you know, uh, scare them off or have them, uh, you know, dig in their heels? I don't know. But look, even they're our- weak right now. Now's the time to strike. Now's, now's the time Trudeau, if Trudeau actually wants to become a hero amidst laughs can ban Huawei today. Now's the time to hit them because they're down tying their shoes. So go and, you know, give them a little... Give him a little kick. Well, and this is the argument that he's in a bit of a bind. He's been timid on China just because, you know, the sake of uh, Kovrig and Spavor who are being held there. Uh, or do you think think that the, that's folly? That's the wrong approach to be taking with them. Yeah, it's absolutely the wrong approach. And, and a lot of people, former ambassadors, David Mulroney, Guy St. Jacques, Charles Burton, who was who was in, in the embassy previously, many people saying, no, we, we got to get tough because this isn't about, oh, let's go back to normal because we were heading in the right direction. We're not heading in the right direction. I mean, you read President Xi Jinping's writings, you listen to his speeches. This is a guy who said, democracy, human rights, free speech. Nah, that's just stuff those crazy guys in North America came up with. Screw that. That's not how we roll. I mean, I must have a lot of respect for President Xi right now because he knows who he is. He knows what he thinks. He knows what he wants. And he's very confident about all that. We can't say the same thing about ourselves over here, John. Wow, you're starting to channel Justin Trudeau. So you have an admiration for the basic dictatorship of China. Well, you know, as Trudeau said, they, they're getting things done, and that's the problem, and we ain't getting things done. Well, all right, but the way they're getting things done uh, does beg the question of whether or not, you know, uh, we have a role to play in all of that. Right. Uh, and do you think, I mean, the only way is with a concerted, orchestrated effort, the West colluding and marginalizing or ostracizing China. That's the best approach to take. We can't do it unilaterally, can we? Well, we can do what we want to do, because I think these are canaries in the coal mine. Hong Kong... Taiwan, 
some of these countries in Africa that are signed on too much to this Belt and Road Initiative thing where China actually owns a couple of their military ports and so forth, I mean, they're, they're bringing them into their orbit. And what they're doing right now with us in Canada is, see, we naively thought back in, you know, 1999 and so forth, bring China into all these international bodies, we thought they'll become more like us. They'll see us. And, oh, Canada's so great. The U.S. is so great. We want to be like them. And they'll osmose into being like us. That was very naive of us. I think that was very kind of arrogant and, uh, of us. Instead, China said, we know who we are. We're going to make you become more like us. And if we don't stand up to all of these things that they're doing to us, if we kind of shrug it off or turn a blind eye or, you know, do the John McCallum thing, well, then they will have succeeded in that. I mean, a very, very, very small way, very tiny way, but that's what it takes year after year. Uh, Chairman Mao, he was writing, I'm not too concerned about Hong Kong, Taiwan, and so forth, 100 years. You know, we're playing right. long in one. And that's, uh, by the way, around 2047. So he says, we'll swallow those guys up and maybe they're going to do a hit list after that. And maybe, you know, I'm talking, one thing that really upset me about Canada 150, John, we didn't talk about Canada 300. You know, we mm. survived the first 150. How do we make the next 150? I'm not talking about what's going to happen next year. Right. And I'm concerned about the two Michaels for sure. I'm talking, is Canada, are, are we going to have natural resources? Are we going to have Arctic sovereignty? Or is China going to take all of that by the, by Canada 300? Well, and, you, and this is what's happening right now, because you got to, you know, you, you know, when you start playing chess, like the very first pawn move, that that matters. You know, Kasparov will tell you that, you know, as soon as you mm. sit down. Well, do you think there are subversive elements within this country? Yes, uh, a okay. thousand percent. Are there? Yeah. And and so, uh, you know, maybe this is one of the reasons, too, the prime minister. Look, McCallum came from a riding, Markham, uh, which, you know, has a heavy Chinese-Canadian population. Michael Chan came from a riding in Markham, the former Ontario cabinet minister who has sued the Globe and Mail and Jason Kenney for talking about the fact that intelligence agencies pointed that he was too cozy with China. Just a few days ago, Michael Chan at a Markham rally defending Hong Kong police pushing down the protesters. He did that? Absolutely. Reported in Chinese media. Well, There's actually protests going on. Look, look, you know, in Markham, you got people who have come here, you know, great Chinese Canadians who are here, you know, passionately about this country, and they come from Hong Kong and Taiwan and everywhere, and they're, you know, they're very vibrantly Canadian, and you got other people who are not so much, and they're more okay with what's going on with uh, communist authoritarian regime in Beijing, and that's the dynamic. You know, we got that in a lot of diaspora communities here in Canada. And so, will that play a role in the upcoming federal election? I mean, uh, somewhere out in the West Coast, uh, this has been intimated. Uh, maybe right here around the nine oh five as well. Is this dynamic playing out in those writings? I think it's playing out in those writings in that Justin Trudeau is being very cautious about what decisions he makes because he knows. There are divided perspectives in those writings on what we should do. That's an ominous note. Uh, all right. And so you're saying this weekend looms large and uh, we'll wait and see. I, I hope you're not uh, being prescient or prophetic in that regard because, uh, you know, we don't need a bloodbath. And where we, where we go after that is no telling. Yeah. That's mean, why we got to watch and, and all eyes on it to make sure well, you know, things I mean, don't is happen. Is there any uh, idea of how this thing could be resolved amicably? I mean, this idea of uh, one country, two systems, can they ever get back to that as the status quo ante? Well, well, this protester I spoke to, Joshua Wong, he says that that's what they were originally promised in 1997. So they're calling on Beijing to just honor the original agreement rather than do the Mao thing where, you know, we slyly, you know, swallow them up uh, once the clock ticking is done. So he's just saying, honor your promise.
So maybe uh, maybe they just need to be a bit more conciliatory, which which is not in the regime's blood. So that's the challenge. All right. Anthony, always a pleasure. Good Thank to you, see you again. Anthony Fury, Sun Paper's national columnist. And you can read uh, his LavCam story in The Sun tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 